We're just excited uh, that you're here with us. And what else? Do you have anything else for Mother's Day? Or do we want to start with something here? Um, for Mother's Day. Well, Mother's Day. So yesterday I was thinking about, I wasn't really thinking about Mother's Day because I don't really think about it. It comes. And I've had an interesting relationship with Mother's Day throughout the years. Um, it changes as the seasons of motherhood changes. Um, but I've had some revelations throughout the years. One of the biggest ones is that my kids don't really belong to me. Mm. Um, and that was a huge revelation for me that brought a lot of freedom in motherhood. They don't belong to me and it is not my job really to control them. It's my job to teach them about love. Mm. And in our home, um, I think that really is a hallmark of our home. Um, sometimes when you're in something, you don't stop and think about what, what is making this work or why is this working. But I like to think about those things um, because as we're, we have a lot of kids and our home is really this lovely place most of the time. Yeah. It's a very open place, um, and we don't hide a lot. I mean, if we're at, if we're going at it, I mean, the kids are all right around <laughs> us, and we'll be back and forth with each other. Um, and sometimes I'll smile at one of my kids, and they'll smile at me because Dad's being grumpy. Or I think him and Anna, in particular, Grace, no laughing back will, there behind um, the camera. <laughs> we'll we'll shoot each other a knowing look, like, "Oh, Mom's on it. We better, you know, we better be on it today." Or, you know, so it's a, just a really open place, but um. I was going with that, that I know that it's not about me. It's mm. not anything that I've done necessarily. Um, it's not anything I brought to my home. Mm. Um, it's a product of prayer. And when I say that, I don't mean on my knees at the bed prayer. I mean mm. changing diapers, crying at 3 p.m. in my pajamas still with kid number one, yeah. um, saying, Lord, I can't do this. <clears throat> I feel so overwhelmed. I feel so sad and hormonal and I'm... I'm, what is wrong with me? And just crying out, a crying out prayer. Mm. And my heart has been a crier outer, <laughs> a heart that cries out for decades. Um, and God has been faithful in that. That's, that's the only explanation mm. is that he has heard the cries of my heart over and over and over again. As a woman, as a mom, as a wife, um, he's heard the cries of my heart over and over again. But one of the biggest things that he showed me is he is in control because mm. I have relinquished control to him yeah. to him in my motherhood. So I very much try to keep that a reality that they don't belong to me. And I can't control my children. We don't try to control our children. In fact, I like to give them opportunities to disobey when they're young. Yeah. So that they <laughs> learn right. difficult lessons in our home when they're little, when the lessons are just, yeah. you know, they're superficial. Um, as an example, we were going for a walk one spring around the circle in the mobile home park. And it was the first walk of spring. The circle was about a mile, maybe. Mm. And one of my children, they may have been eight or nine, they wanted to wear flip-flops. And I told them, please put on your sneakers. Your feet aren't ready for flip-flops. You'll get a blister. And they pushed back at me. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, <laughs> let them wear the flip-flops. Let them disregard your counsel. Right. And I said to them, listen, I'm your mom. I love you and I know best. But if you want to wear your flip-flops, if you think that you know better and you want to do it your way, go ahead. I will not force you to obey. Man, that child did not even make it halfway around. And I mean, you could see the blister coming. Right. They By three oh, quarters, I let them suffer for just a little bit. <laughs> like really, just a little bit. And then, I mean, I just, with compassion, I picked them up. An eight-year-old, and I carried them all the way home. Maybe they were a little smaller. 
and I soaked their blister and I talked to them about mm, obedience and about trust and about love. And it was like one of these wonderful motherhood moments. That's good. And it wasn't, it didn't come from me. It came from the Holy Spirit. He said to do it. Yeah. And once he, once he showed me that once I start doing it a lot and I stopped trying to force my kids to obey. Mm. And instead I began talking to them about love and trust and family and what it meant. And that out of those things come obedience. Right. And it is, it's been remarkable. Good. When our kids disobey now, there is punishment. <laughs> right. And sure. we do sometimes say, you obey me. And they do. But in the quiet moments at bedtime and such, I will talk right. to them like, you obey right. mom because you love me. Right. And because I love you because this is our family. And so that was just a huge revelation I thought I'd share with you guys, with you moms today, is obedience flows out of love. Yeah. Love, perfect love casts out all fear. And um, we can go into that. When he told me he was doing rescuer, I immediately, tears like immediately came to my eyes because mm. I know Jesus the rescuer so intimately. Mm. And um, I have no idea what's in his message, so I'm tearing up again. <laughs> I know Jesus the rescuer so intimately. And um, if you've ever seen um, a scene where rescuers have been called in yeah. and there's like drowning people in rough waters and they drop right down out of that helicopter um, and you see the the um the victim or the person being rescued do you see them in the arms of the rescuer they're not trying to help they're being carried completely yeah. they're leaning in mm -hmm. to their rescuer That's good. they aren't hopefully i mean they're not fighting the rescuer although you i mean you can see that but right. a good a good a person being rescued they're they're relying fully on their rescuer mm -hmm. and Jesus delights in that role. Amen. He delights in being a rescuer to us. Amen. And as moms in motherhood, in the day-to-day -day trenches of motherhood, the oh. being up at night, the diapers, <laughs> we are potty training. Our last one. Hallelujah. Um, right now. So in, in, those, in those trenches where you're sleep deprived and your marriage is you know, either up or it's down or wherever it's at, your, your motherhood is not one thing, one part of your life. It's kind of weaved into everything um it's so important that we go to jesus in every way we need jesus the lover we need jesus the truth we need jesus the rescuer but so often especially if you have little kids and teenagers so i mean and the, and the ages in between especially yeah. if you have any ages, any ages you need jesus the rescuer Amen. on like a daily basis Amen. um and to just i just want to encourage you moms who are really in the trenches of motherhood with children you know, release them to his care mm. and seek him in what to speak, when to speak, when to let them feel some pain, but always be compassionate toward them. Mm. Always be merciful in their pain. Never. I told you so mm. you are always on their side. You're always operating with compassion and mercy. Even if it is you who allowed the pain to happen. Amen. That <clears throat> is my mother's day message. There you go. Then let's, Let's just pray for moms right now before we get started with the, with the service. Well, we actually already have started, but let's just pray. Thank you, dear God, for our mothers who were brave enough to give birth, who loved through many growing up years, who taught about God and love and being good, and who often got no thanks, whose ears could hear the slightest cry, whose eyes didn't miss much either, whose hands held and bathed and picked up, whose heart was often broken, 
who always forgave and forgot, who encouraged when things went bad, who always had time to listen, who worked so hard to make things go, who make this world so much better, who deserve our love on Mother's Day and every day for all eternity. Amen. 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 Before we go into worship, can we just take a minute and say yeah. Happy Mother's Day to our moms? <clears throat> yeah, happy. Okay. Yeah. Moms, if you're watching, Happy Mother's Day, Mom. Mom, Happy Mother's Day to you as well. And we're just we're praying for all those who just pray for all moms, those who have lost yeah. moms. Uh, you know, we know some people in our church family have lost moms this year. So we're praying for you because that's a difficult, difficult day yeah. uh, in that respect. So we're praying for you as well. For those of you of who you. have moms and that relationship isn't awesome, yeah. is strained and there's pain and there's hurt there, Ooh. we're praying for you. Amen. And we're just praying for healing Amen. for your heart and um, healing for that relationship. Amen. We're going to do a call to worship out of Psalm 149. It says, praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song and his praise in the assembly of saints. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name with the dance. Let them sing praises to him with the uh, tremble and the harp. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will, he will beautify the humble with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. So wherever you are, yes, it says that in the Bible, wherever you are, if you're in your bed, if you're on your couch, stand up with us. Let's worship together. Let's worship Jesus, our rescuer.
every other god is an idol who cannot see and cannot hear you're the one true living god you're the one true living god every other god is an idol who cannot see and cannot hear you're the one true living god you're the one true living god
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. This morning as I was praying and getting ready for communion, I came across Isaiah 55. I just want to read the first two verses. It says, Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Yes, come, buy wine and milk, without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread, and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, and eat what is good. Yes. And let your soul delight itself in abundance. Thank you, Jesus. And so we just want to come to the table, come to the communion table today, seeking his abundant life and only his abundant life. Leaning, as you said, leaning into him this morning. The bread of life for all that he is, for all that he's done. Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Thank you. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. So, Father, we hunger and thirst for you today. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we take a moment and say, Lord, we repent for all those things that we've placed in front of you. We repent for the things we've done. We turn our hearts to you, Lord. We turn our hearts to you, Lord. We turn our hearts to you, Lord. Father, have your way in our hearts. Have your way in our hearts, Lord. Father, we seek you. We worship you. This time of communion is a time of reflection and repentance but also rejoicing and so father we rejoice in you lord we rejoice in you have your way in our hearts today the bible says in first corinthians 1 it says for i have received from the lord that which i also delivered to you that the lord jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread we had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. And in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. 
This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Thank you. Let us partake. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you for this time. And Lord, I know there may have been some technical difficulties and some, some sound problems, Lord, but you are working. Yes. You work through all of it, Lord. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that even in homes now that your Holy Spirit is present and working, Lord. As families even took communion, maybe even with the sound down, and just watched us do it and did it with us. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are moving in our families. You are moving in our moms and our dads and our grandparents and our aunts and our uncles and our children. Father, you are moving in our city. And Father, we look forward to the abundant outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Thank you. That you are just beginning to stir up. And we're so thankful for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. You guys can hear us again. Happy Mother's Day. Welcome back uh, to the second part of our service here. Uh, a few technical difficulties, which is fine. That happens. Uh, so a couple things we want to just inform you of. Number one, we had last Thursday. You're informing three people. Three so people. Well, people will watch it, it yeah. later, too. Okay, let's give, um, let's give it a We had a wonderful... Oh, it's okay. I'm just going to recap something that's already happened. Uh, the National Day of Prayer was last Thursday. Yeah. And fun. we just had a outdoor exercise, walk around our mm -hmm. campus. We it had, was fun. We had music playing, and we just enjoyed it. Uh, several people showed up, which was great. We're just praying for our country, for our church, uh, just getting to see everybody again, which was, which was a lot of fun. So it was great uh, that we got to do that. A couple other things, just so you're aware. Uh, we will continue to do our Wednesday nights. We're going to do our Wednesday night Facebook Live uh, marriage Q&A. Mm -hmm. So we're going to do our Facebook Live marriage Q&A on this Wednesday night. So we actually got a couple questions. I know I was met, talking to somebody yesterday. They've got a few more questions that they want to send in. Mm -hmm. So I just encourage you to send those questions in. And it's to info at ecfchurch.org. Info at ecfchurch.org. So go ahead and send those in. Uh, that would be great. We want to try to answer those questions. Eventually, we might do something on parenting, uh, get to parenting eventually, but the marriage Facebook Live, we just want to keep doing that. So that would be Wednesday night, this coming Wednesday night. Join us at 630 uh, for that. And then if you are part of a small group, uh, we just encourage you to contact your small group leader uh, because many of the small groups are beginning to gather again in person. Uh, so that's coming up here as well. And if you have testimonies, we encourage you to share those as well. Because we've got, you know, great testimonies that come in. And I want to share one uh, that I'm just so excited about because I know God moves no matter where we're at. No matter how we're gathering, God is moving. So last week, last Sunday morning, uh, there was a word of knowledge a bit about praying for somebody's ankle. Mm -hmm. And then praying for someone specifically their left ankle. And as we were praying, it's like the Lord's, Lord say that. So we were praying and then we got a message uh, on, on through the through the website that someone's ankle was hurting. It's actually their left ankle, mm -hmm. and I believe it was Monday or Tuesday. They were able to walk around all day, seven or eight hours, uh, with very little to no pain mm -hmm. in their ankles. So that was awesome. So praise God, He is the healing God. So then also, um, our daughter Anna dances, and as as her dad was sitting here having this word of knowledge, they're home every Sunday watching and. 
um, Lila looked over at Anna like, he's talking about your ankle. <laughs> and um, she said it, it pops sometimes and it's, mm. it hurts her and it scares her and kind of keeps her from doing some of her things. And it hasn't happened at all really? since you prayed. Okay. Yeah. I remember you guys talking about that. I guess I didn't put the two things together. Well, so praise God. Another one. I got to mark it in my, my list of healings. I keep track of the list of healings that God is doing and ministering, which is great. And then a lot of you have uh, been having questions about when are we regathering uh, as a church, as a, as, a, as a global group or as a bigger group. And uh, we're not going to answer that specifically here this morning. Uh, we will be posting something probably in the Monday, Tuesday time frame about what is our regathering plan. What is the plan that we're looking at for our church? And I want to just let you encourage you, church, and know this, that number one, we are, we are being led by the Holy Spirit through this whole thing. Yeah. What works for the church down the street may not be what God wants us to go do. Yeah. What works for a church in Kentucky or in Tulsa, Jerusalem, or anywhere else may not be what God wants us to go do. And so just be in prayer for us and, you know, and the leadership team as we're making decisions, as we're just asking the Lord, what do you want for Erie Christian Fellowship Church? Because the good news is that we're in the United States of America. The good news is we live in the state of Pennsylvania. And not once has the government mandated that we close or not gather. In our state. It was a suggestion. and, and uh, we, A strong suggestion. A strong suggestion, and I get that. And we want to be uh, very aware of what's happening in the world. And we want to make sure that we're protecting our people and doing the right thing for our congregation. Uh, but we also want to be led and say, Lord, what do you want us to do? How do you want us right. to come back together? And I've been, I've been blessed to be on, and you too, I've been on several calls, uh, gotten several pieces of information and emails, both from legal advice, from insurance advice, but more importantly from the state government and different things and suggestions that they have. Again, never saying we can't meet, mm -hmm. uh, never putting any restrictions on us in particular because we are essential, praise God, we know that. Uh, but at the same time, we have a lot of information that kind of the general public doesn't maybe necessarily have. And we have to sift through that information and pray over that information to know yeah. specifically what we want God to do at ECF. Yeah. Okay, something else um, I kind of like to talk about regarding this is there is this broad spectrum of experience that is happening mm. out there with this pandemic, with this virus. And um, there's a lot of debate about what is the truth. Yeah. And how you respond to the pandemic depends on who you believe and what narrative you're listening to, what narrative you're feeding on, <clears throat> and what you believe is true. Mm. Um, we have our personal beliefs of what we believe true. is true um, out, you know, coming at us um, through the media or information and how much we feed on it is very, very little. Um, <clears throat> but we are responsible for a body of people. Um, and that entire spectrum of experience that you have the people who believe every word of the news, mm. um, they are bound up in fear of the situation. Um, I mean, completely afraid. Mm. And our response is compassion. Mm. Our response is love. Mm. Our response is prayer. Our response mm. is love. And so when I talk about this, this whole spectrum of, of response to this thing, what I do know church is that our expectation is that those who call themselves followers of Christ, our number one mandate is to love. Amen. Our number one Amen. mandate is to deal with people with love and compassion and mercy. Mm. No matter who that person is, there is no exceptions. Mm. There's no exceptions. There are no exceptions. Yeah. 
So if someone, we cannot, we cannot, um, we cannot just say, oh, whatever, this is all whatever, we're going to meet, you know, and make no allowance mm. for the broad spectrum of, of responses that people are having to this. Right. We are going to walk in love. Right. And um, that just takes, gosh, it takes submitting to the Lord. It takes an awful lot of prayer to lay aside. I'm not kidding with you. It takes a, a lot of prayer for me personally to lay aside what I believe is true mm. and to ask the Lord to give me a heart for 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 other mm. for the other person whoever that other person may be yeah. for people who don't believe what i believe who aren't you know there are people who are greater in their faith than i am at this point you know what i mean on their faith walk and people who are not quite there yet where i am i'm somewhere i don't know where i am but there's a whole spectrum of people and we are called to love Amen. and to consider mm. them Amen. and to not not um, preach down at them our where we are at. Right. Why aren't you here where I am? Right. Um, and not to cower in fear. We are not cowering in fear. Fear right. has no place no. in our conversations. Fear no. has no place here. Amen. So I just wanted to put that out there. We are walking in love. Amen. And it's our expectation that y'all are walking in love. Amen. And that it should be a battle. I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. Your flesh should be screaming. It's hard. Right. <clears throat> it right. should be hard. Of course it's hard. Right. Um, it's hard to love someone when you just want to shake them, wake them up. You right. know, you want right. <clears throat> you, right. to you fight for your position. You want to fight for what you believe is true. Mm. You want to fight for truth. Right. But we're called first to love. Amen. And there won't be an exception. There won't be a pass in heaven. Yeah. I don't believe that there will be. Yeah. We will be called to account for our love. And um, that's yeah. just so important. When we talk about gathering, man, I was I was ready to fight at the beginning of this. Y'all sure. know. Yeah. I mean, I don't hide things. Y'all know. I was like, we're just going to do this. You know, let's go. <clears throat> go after it. And this has really been um, a time where I've grown. The Lord has grown me. And my flesh has been screaming. Mm. Don't watch that video. Don't get caught up in that conversation, in that narrative. Mm. Lay that down. Come to my word. Don't go to the news. I have grown by leaps and bounds, and it's been peace. There's been so much Amen. peace, and Amen. he's leading us in the way of love Amen. and the absence of fear. Right. And it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful thing. So Amen. I Amen. encourage you. In that. So, uh, so we'll just check back uh, on. We'll probably do something on our website. Uh, we'll also have some updates uh, on Facebook, and then we'll also have an update, you know, on Instagram and different places. And we'll send an email out to those who have email addresses too. So. Uh, we will be communicating sometime earlier this week, maybe by Wednesday or so, um, as to what we're what we really feel like Lord is leading us to. And to be honest, we're going to be go we're going to go with peace, just what you said. Yeah. We're going to be led by peace. I'll share a story a little bit later where I didn't have peace about something, and thank goodness Jesus is our rescuer and was able to orchestrate a situation to get me out of something. And I'll share that. So stay tuned uh, for the message as well. So uh, we're just going to be led by peace. What God has for ECF, just because it's permissible, may not be what is beneficial. Is, is beneficial, right? That's scriptural uh, for us to go do. And so we want to just we want to pray on that and believe. And so just continue to pray for us uh, as we as we make these uh, strategic decisions yeah. uh, for our church. Yeah. And okay, all right, all right. So good. <laughs> I was going to say something else. I'm not going to. So I want to encourage you to partner with us in prayer. Yeah. Please, please, I'm just asking, please don't stand over us in judgment. Yeah. It's really difficult to make yeah. these decisions. We are on our knees. Yeah. We are in unity. We are consulting other people who are godly and trustworthy and submitted and humble. Mm. Um, we're partnering with other people in prayer. 
So um, it's e it's so easy to be tempted into sitting back, and I'm not just talking about oh, over no. our le over leadership, but right. just over one to another to sit back right. and cast judgment because it's just such an easy thing to fall into. We've all, I've fallen into it a bazillion times, and I pull myself out of it because mm -hmm. I don't want to be judged. Right. I don't want to be judged. I want to be full of compassion and mercy. I want to look like Jesus. Amen. I want to Amen. look like Jesus in every conceivable Amen. way. Amen. So we know uh, we know there's prayer requests out there. Uh, so we just encourage you to send those in uh, to prayer at ecfchurch.org. So please send those prayer requests in. You know, we read them and we pray for them. And we've got prayer teams that are on them. And then we just thank you for continuing to give. Uh, our church has been so faithful. You've been so faithful in your giving. Uh, all our bills are paid. Our benevolence fund is growing. We're yes. able to help other people. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is being the church from yeah. a financial perspective. So we're just so grateful uh, and so thankful. Uh, the scripture I have, and there's lots of ways to give. I talk about them all the time. You can give online, send it in. Uh, you can text to give at eight, uh, put a dollar amount, whatever it is, to 84321. Uh, you can set that up. But in Mark 12, Verse starting in verse 41 says, Now Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury. And many who were rich put in much. But one poor widow came and threw in two mitts or mites, which make, uh, make up a quadrants. And basically it's like, I think Grace did some research in her Bible. It was just like, it's like fractions of a penny. It's like, it's like barely anything. And so he called his disciples to himself and he said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more. She has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. For they put out in out of their abundance, but she put out of in out of her poverty and put all in that she had, her whole livelihood. It is not just a beautiful picture of what God wants to do in our finances. Mm -hmm. To just say, Lord, have it all. Have you. I'm not saying give it all to the church. What I'm saying is just laying it all down and trusting him completely have your way in our finances. So let's pray for our finances today in our offering. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you, Lord, that you are so good to us. We thank you, Father, for every gift, every giver. We thank you, Lord, that you are continuing to provide for our family and for our church. Father, I thank you that you are ministering life to families out there, Lord, as they trust in you in this time of, uh, of uncertainty. Father, let us all put our trust completely and totally in you. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. All right, guys, so we've been doing this Jesus is series, and we've done, you know, Jesus is love, Jesus is peace, uh, we've done uh, Jesus is risen, uh, we've done Jesus is the restorer uh, last week, and this week I want to do, and I've already prefaced this, is Jesus is the rescuer. Jesus is the rescuer. And as, as I was just praying about this, I really felt like the Lord just say, look, there is many, many ways that Jesus can rescue us. Many different areas of our life that Jesus can rescue us. But he really just pointed out three scriptural ways that God sent his son Jesus to be our rescuer. And the first one is to rescue us from eternal damnation. To rescue us from complete and total eternal separation from him. And I want to look at a scripture first now before I go to the other ones. I'm doing it out of order in my notes. But go to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. And I want to start in verse 13. And if you know this story, of course, John 3, 16, uh, many, many people know. And, you know, they used to put it up in football games behind the end zones uh, and all that. And we don't see it as much anymore. And I hope we see it a lot when it comes back to 
uh, gathering for sporting events. I wish they put in 17 too. Yeah, well here, I'm going to read all the way through 17. I'm going to start in 13. Now, the context of this is uh, Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus, right? So Nicodemus is a religious leader. He's got questions. How is it that I can be born again? What are you talking about? And he's looking at Jesus saying, I know you're the Messiah. I know you're from God because you have done these miraculous things. I, I, I trust, I know you, but, but Jesus, teach me. Jesus, show me what is the way for eternal salvation. What does this mean? What does this look like? And Jesus says this, and starting verse 30, he says, No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven. So Jesus in heaven, he has ascended down to heaven. That is the Son of Man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him, that whoever believes in him, this faith in Jesus, being our ultimate, like we have to put, it's, it's great that we can say Jesus is our rescuer, but if you don't believe that he actually is, if you don't put your faith in Jesus, that he is actually your rescuer, it says that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. You have to believe that Jesus is who he says he is, that he is that ultimate rescuer to keep us from an eternal damnation really that eternal separation from him okay i have a question yeah so um he's referencing back moses and yeah. the lifted up the serpent in the wilderness so there was a plague on the people of israel and god told moses to help me with this story mm. do you know the story i yeah, mean I so yeah. the serpent is lifted up on the pole and i don't know the story if the people had to come to it or just look upon it and yeah. be then they were healed yeah they were healed. Right. So it was faith that, I mean, looking upon a serpent on a stick, <laughs> right. you know, was going to yeah, heal you. But it was the word of God. It was what God said. What God and then said. they trusted Moses. That's right. So think about the people who didn't do what Moses said. This is going to heal you if you do this. Right. But only those who do this mm. will be healed. That's right. The ones who don't do, um, don't look upon the serpent, don't look upon the stick, mm. will not be healed. Right. So they either, dis the people who didn't, mm. they either discounted that they did not believe that it was God, or they didn't right. believe that Moses heard from God. Right. So they just discounted the whole thing as ludicrous. Right. I think about... Yeah, I mean, I mean this is what people do. Today, they if, we, be... if we sat here and said, look upon this stick right. with a serpent on it, and you'll be healed of coronavirus, right. I mean, our viewership would like go down, and every, people would say... <laughs> well, not going up, saying, what is going on there? Right, right? Yeah. and I guess the, <clears throat> the, the fruit is in the fruit, right? right. The, the, right. It's in the fruit, because people were healed, right. and Jesus does say. Right. But Which I love how God a... did that. He did that for a reason. Right. He did it for a purpose. Absolutely. Okay. And and putting our trust in putting our trust in Jesus. I mean, that's I guess the, the difference between what we believe as far as having to come to Jesus, the only way to the Father is where you can't just necessarily go outside and <clears throat> look at a tree and say, Well, God's in the tree and I'm gonna believe the tree right, and, and right. I'm gonna believe all no, it's like the one way to heaven is through Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior of our lives. And this is what he's saying is whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Our eyes need to be turned towards him, to Jesus. And then verse 16, which we know, for God so loved the world. So again, like we said earlier, it comes back to love. He loves us so much that he doesn't want us to have eternal separation from him. The ultimate rescuer, Jesus coming down to pave the way so that we do not have to have eternal separation from him. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Then verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Yeah. 
and that picture you said earlier of, of the helicopter coming uh, for those who are uh, part of yeah. part one of our service as we went to the second live feed but part one of the service we talked about you talked about that example of this helicopter coming in I really and dropping down and just yeah. the burning building yeah just, just carrying, carrying that lint. person and, and i feel yeah. like that's such a picture of what jesus does for us as the rescuer he does a lot of things for us as the healer as the provider but as the rescuer it's just what a beautiful picture of him just coming through yeah. and saving us because there's no effort on our part yeah. it's actually just surrender mm. you actually are supposed to teach your children about firefighters and don't Trust, you know, you have to trust them. You go to the firehouse and the firefighters put on all their gear so that the children, yeah. if it would happen in the middle of the night, wouldn't be afraid of them right. and wouldn't run away from them, but rather go with them. Yeah. So it's like you try to make them familiar with the firefighters so right. they understand that this person is for you, not against That's you. Right. Because in the middle of the night, that'd be scary. That's right. Right? It's important for our you know, parents to be training our kids and teaching our kids. To recognize Jesus. To recognize Jesus and the moving of Jesus and what he's doing in their lives and in their, in their That can tie hearts. back to the crying out yeah. because how can they recognize Jesus? Mm. They see Jesus in us or they don't see Jesus. Yeah. And so that true. is just so true. I right. mean, because if they're preached one, if they're preached Jesus in the church, but they go home and they don't see Jesus there. It becomes a, yeah. we wonder why sometimes kids can be raised up in the church their whole life and then walk away. Yeah. There's a, if there's a huge disparity, then it, right. kids are just like a, um, they are a radar for hypocrisy. They're a sure. radar for things that, and it's okay if it exists. Are you kidding me? We're not perfect Jesuses at home, but we talk about it. Right. We put it out in the open. Right. You know, we don't pretend to be perfect Jesuses. Right. So it's like, um, it's important that we be Jesus at home. That's yeah. how they're going to see him and recognize him and not run away from him, but run yeah. to him. So point one, Jesus is our rescuer from eternal damnation. The second point is Jesus is our rescuer from ourselves. Hallelujah. He is a rescuer from ourselves. Thank Turn with me Jesus. to Matthew 14. Man, thank you, Jesus, for rescuing us from ourselves. And, and this is a very interesting passage of Scripture. And every time I read it, I feel like I get m more insight into it. I think that's how the Scriptures are. They continually to illuminate. And you don't just read them once and be like, well, I read that story already in the Bible. You go back and you just read it and read it and read it, and God illuminates to us. It says, now, starting in verse 25, Matthew 14, verse 25. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. So notice that. They cried out for fear. But what happens? They didn't recognize Jesus. They didn't recognize Jesus. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So what is going on? Like, we don't, what is happening? We're not recognizing it. But then it says, verse, and it says, but immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. Immediately Jesus reaches out. They cry out, and he immediately reaches out. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, Command me to come to you on the water. And so he said, come. Now, it's interesting. We're going to get to the next part of the story, which you probably already know or a lot of people have heard before. Jesus actually called Peter out of the boat. He called him out. Peter was like, if this is you, if you are Jesus, you know what? I believe you can do anything. So call me out on this water. And what happens when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on water to go to Jesus. And then in verse 30, but when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid or he became afraid and he began to sink. He began to sink. So look at that. Think of that picture. Like 
You're like, wait a second, why is he sinking? Jesus called him out of the boat. I can tell you that Jesus calls you to things. He calls you into storms. Yes, he he calls you into the waves. He calls you into, but he's saying, don't look at them. Keep your eyes focused on me. Keep your eyes focused on me. And it's just like, well, Peter could have stayed in the boat, right? He could have stayed in the boat, but he went out of the boat. And so now he begins to sink, but he begins to sink when? Is when he starts looking away from Jesus. Right. When he doesn't see, he took his, took his eyes off of the rescuer and put them on to the wind and the waves and the storm, the things that were happening. He's beginning to sink and he cried out saying, Lord, save me. How many times Lord, have we been there? Save me. We have me. been there so many right? times. I mean, I like, but God, you, jumpers, man. We'll you jump called out me out to this. We you do. called us to eight kids. You called us to leading this church. Lord, save, save me. Us. <laughs> save us. And it's, it's the times where we're crying that out is when we are, we're looking at this coming out or the financial situation, mm -hmm. or we're constantly looking at something else happens in our lives. And that happens when we're walking in his calling. And it happens even when we're not walking in his calling. It's what happens when we're walking in obedience. Just walking in obedience. But our eyes get off. And right. then he saves us by what? Bringing right. our eyes back Amen. to him. And I think we have like maybe this misunderstanding of theology that, well, once you say yes to Jesus and you obey his voice, nothing bad is ever going to happen. Mm. Nothing bad is ever going to happen. And you can just keep on walking and everything's going to be fine and everything works out for you. And say, well, something bad must have happened. I must have missed it. I must not have heard the Holy Spirit correctly. Mm -hmm. I can't believe this bad thing happened. I have a sore throat. And that must mean that I don't have enough faith to have a sore throat. I missed and we put all this pressure I'm telling on you, ourselves. People believe yeah, that. They and believe we that have that to come true. to an understanding that Jesus is our rescuer. Jesus will take us out into places that are uncomfortable. Yeah. He'll take you out into places that are ankle deep, and I think we read something waist deep, neck deep, where you have to completely rely on Him and only Him, only Him. And so Peter was out, and he began to sink, and he cried out, saying, "Lord, save me." And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Yeah. Oh, man, he's like correcting. He's like, come on, Peter. Like, and I feel like sometimes Jesus does something. He's always there to rescue we us. We need corrected. We need corrected. And he was just like, Whoa, you of little, look, what did we look at the first time? Jesus is our, we have to believe in faith that right. he is who he says he is. And correction and here, is the rescue. That is the it rescue. It is the rescue. Exactly. Correction is not to be, you know, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. And right. that's the rescue. And it right. brings you right back. Right. And I just was talking to somebody on the phone uh, just this week. Uh, they don't go to our church. They were struggling and we were just praying for them. And the Lord reminded me of something. I think you had said it way, way back on a Sunday morning. But a lot of times the miracle is in the process. Or maybe I, the, the loaves, loaves and the fish. And the fishes, yeah. uh, somebody said it. I don't know. Fish. But it was like the miracle was in the process. And so many times as we're walking things out in faith, God just gives a little miracle, a little miracle, a little miracle. Sometimes we don't see it all at once. Mm -hmm. All happens. Sometimes it happens that way. Sometimes it doesn't. But a lot of times we need correction along the way. So he says, oh, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. The wind ceased. Why did you doubt? So, you know, we talk a lot about being led by the Scud. You have something to I just don't want, yeah. don't, don't stop short of verse 33. Then those who were in the boat came mm. and worshiped him. Amen. Saying, truly, you are the son of God. So was Peter's, ex, like his excursion outside of the boat, like a total fail? Mm. What was the fruit of it? Mm. It was that they worshiped him mm. and they had a greater revelation of his power, mm. of his eminence, 
of his worthiness, yeah. they, and they worshipped him. Amen. So they had a greater revelation of who God was because was Peter got out of the boat. Right. Because Peter was willing right. and wanted to get out of the boat, right. and it wasn't a fail. That's right. all I'm saying. It right. wasn't a fail. Right. It was a he step. Was, right. It right. was a step. He rescued and then he restored it, and then yep. he, what he showed is just really. I mean, we all love Peter, right? I do. You know, Peter is just like, man, you know, he is always getting a little bit of rebuke sometimes from Jesus, a little correction here. Get behind me, Satan. He's a hot mess. I mean, he is just cutting people's ears off with swords. I I mean, he is denying Jesus after walking with Jesus. It's just like, how could that even be possible? But guess who the Lord looked at and said, I'm going to build my church on this rock. He built his church as Peter being the first of apostolic leader of the church. And when he looked right at him in Matthew 16, just two chapters past Matthew 14. Mm-hmm. So look at that. So, I mean, oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? And, he's, and Jesus is saying that. But just two chapters later, he said, I'm going to build my church yeah. on this man. The Lord delights. Man. The Lord delights in using people mm-hmm. who yeah. are so keenly aware of their need for God. Yeah. Peter was never under the impression that he had it all together because right. he was a hot mess. Right. The Apostle Paul was a killer of Christians. And he talked about, you know, running forward and not looking back. But that was probably a struggle for him over and over yeah. and over again yeah. to set, lay aside, lay aside who you used to be. That's not who That's you right. are anymore. Right. So his need for Jesus, his need for the Lord was so so part of his consciousness Amen. and God delights in using people Amen. who are so keenly aware Amen. of their need for God. Amen. Well, I said earlier that Jesus rescued me personally <laughs> from something. And I'm not going to get into the details of everything that it was, but there was something that came up and we, you know, we had, well, I was out praying about it and I, there's so many lessons that came out of learning from this thing, but you know, it's something that came as an opportunity to us as the church it was like, man, this just looks good. This seems right. This is all, you know, wisdom would say this is the right thing to go do. And we just need to go do this. And this is going to be great. And praise God, blah, blah, blah. You know, and you're just getting excited about something that's coming to you. It's like, well, I didn't ask for that. It's just coming to you. And every time I thought about it, every time I even had an inkling about it, I had a pause. And it was just like the Holy Spirit saying, ah, you know, talk to me more about this. Talk to me more about this. And I'm like, ah, yeah, I know. Okay, okay. And I just keep I going. I it was a tiny pause. It wasn't and, even a big pause. And it pause. was. It was just a small pause. And then, you know, I just got a little bit closer to this thing. I was like, okay, we just got to do a little bit of paperwork or whatever. And it was just like I had to pause again. Well, I'm going to reach out and maybe ask some other people, get some other advice. And I started going all these places to make me feel better. Right. To make me feel better about the pause that I had. It was like, well, maybe somebody else can convince me, even the Holy Spirit's trying to warn me, that this pause is just, you know, you're just being whatever. This is a good thing. And so I, you know, I took everybody else's advice because it just made sense, you know, and I just went and said, okay, this is what we're going to go do. Uh, and I just started, we started moving forward. I just was like, no, this just isn't right. No, this just isn't right. Yeah. I'm just going to take this minute to say sometimes when we go to other people for advice, but we have an agenda, an agenda we don't even realize we have. Right. I don't think you realized I'm going to go now and ask for wisdom from wise counselors, but you were fishing for an answer. Oh, yeah. How you word stuff. Not consciously. No, I know, but how you you word stuff. You you were fishing for an answer to verify what you wanted to do. Right. And to feel better about that itty bitty. And I think it was the tiniest little pause. And so you went with an agenda and you got what you were looking for. So often 
you know, we talk about hearing from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And we know one of the first things is you have to have confirmation from a spirit led person. Mm. But guess what? Sometimes you can go fishing for confirmation yeah. to the, the path that you want. And then it's not true. Sure. And, and how you present it a lot of times, oh, yeah. too. Like, you know, you can present something oh, with all the bells and the whistles and, the, mm -hmm. and be like, of course, yeah, that makes Sounds a lot great. of sense. God's in that, no problem. Yeah. And on top of that, the people who I did reach out to, I didn't even give them any time for prayerful counsel. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I'm just like, hey, I need an answer, like, right away. Like, what? I mean, I put them in a bad spot on top of it. And you so, just wanted the yes. I just wanted the yes, let's go. And so, yes, yes, I made a mistake. I guess, I, oh my goodness, like, welcome <laughs> to my world, welcome to our world, yeah. right? Uh, often. And so I was just like, Lord, okay, what am I supposed to go do with this? And the Lord provide, Jesus provided a way of rescue. Mm -hmm. He provided a way as the rescuer. Uh, I came across an article and I came across something else. I made a few phone calls and God made a pathway. And sometimes it's not this easy, right. a pathway to unwind this thing uh, and to be able to get back doing. And as soon as I did it, as soon as I started that in motion, Peace just Ooh, flooded my heart, relief. and it was like relief, like, thank you, Lord, uh, for this. So I know many of you can relate with that, uh, but we just know that even when you do make that mistake, even when you do take your eyes off of him and you look to Jesus as the rescuer, right? He rescues us from ourselves. He rescued Peter from Peter. <laughs> he rescues Jason from Jason, mm -hmm. and he rescues Liz from Liz, uh, and he just rescues us uh, in times. And sometimes that rescue isn't immediate. You know, sometimes, as we said, there's lessons to be learned, you know, even in that process. I mean, he's a loving go. father. Mm. So the kid walking around the, the block with her flip-flops on, right. you know, I was, as a loving mother, I didn't force her to, I didn't force her. I gave her a pause. Right. I gave her a counsel. Right. She disregarded the counsel. She wore the flip-flops. But I didn't say, oh, you now you got to suck it up and bear your consequence mm. till we get home. I don't care if you bleed. That's what it's going to be. That yeah. is not a good and compassionate mother. Mm. I picked her up. And I carried her and I soaked her wounds and I talked to her heart, yeah. you know, and God is a, he's a good father yeah. and he is a rescuer. Amen. And then the third thing is Jesus. He is our rescuer uh, from the enemy. He's a rescue from the enemy. You know, I mean, we see it in this pandemic here. There's things that the enemy, uh, the, the small G, you know, the God of this world uh, who is orchestrating and trying to bring fear and trying to bring all these winds and these waves and all of this stuff. And if you want to turn me to Matthew 4, uh, verse 35, and I just want to read this quick story and just talk about, you know, Jesus is our rescuer from the enemy as well. And things that come up are not sometimes things for, you know, for lessons for us. Sometimes they're just flat out the enemy. And he comes in and he says, no more of this. And I am taking authority in my name as the name of Jesus Christ. And he takes authority over certain things. We can see that here in this story. It says, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, starting this is Mark 4, verse 35, let us cross to the other side. Now when the boat had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And the other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, and that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. I love that. It's like the storm is happening, so Jesus is not fearing the enemy. Jesus isn't fearing the things that are going on. He is asleep on the pillow. But guess what? He, they, he was in the boat. He was with them and he was in the boat. And they awoke him and they said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Right? They are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. So sometimes we just have to call out on the name of Jesus. 
and he has to rescue us from there. I think of you driving on Tannery Road mm -hmm. and and the car goes out of control out of a snowbank mm -hmm. and you just yell the name of Jesus and it was spinning or whatever, but it stopped. It didn't go down the bank. I mean, it was just this, sometimes you got to call out and Jesus will stop those winds and those waves. That plan of the attack, the, the plan kids, of the enemy. Kids were in the back. They didn't after. even know anything happened because they yeah. were playing or talking. They didn't even know. We, we spun and then I was facing the wrong direction. And then I just, okay. All right. Okay. We call out for the name of Jesus. Many times, Ooh. probably some of you are out there, just call on the name of Jesus when a situation happens. Uh, I mean, I was in, I mean, look, so God is so good. I was in, maybe another car example. I was in a car as a teenager, and we were driving. We were going home. A snowstorm was about to start, to start. I was in probably my senior year of high school. I was driving with my best friend, and I was actually in the back seat. Normally, I sit in the front, but I was in the back seat. Somebody else was in the front. And we were trying to beat a snowstorm home. And for his, safety's sake. For right? safety's sake, we need to beat the snowstorm home. And Teenage it's not boys. snowing, it's the middle of the night, it's 1, 2 a.m., past curfew, whoops. And there's nobody on the road, and we just started driving, driving, driving. How and fast? he was going, I think, 120. So his speedometer goes up to 120, it was pegged. And I'm sitting in the back seat, and of course, I can see the speedometer. And I look at it, it says 120 miles an hour. And just the Holy Spirit in me. Jesus is the rescuer. Everyone else is wearing the seatbelt, but me at the moment. And I was just like, eh, maybe I should put my seatbelt on. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should put my, who wears their seatbelt on the back seat? At least at that time, oh my gosh, nobody. back in the nineties, like, nobody. what do you mean back seat seatbelt? What are you kidding me? Right. You Our don't wear it. Your, even make us do like it. your kids are running around in the back of the station wagon, right? Everybody has the picture of that. So it was just like, put the seatbelt on. And I'll tell you, I reached up. I was sitting on the right-hand side of the car. I reached up. I put it in. I went like that, and I looked up, and there was nobody on the road except one car came merging onto the highway. I'll tell you, we were going so fast that that car probably didn't even know we were coming. But instead of going into their lane, they went right into the passing lane. And in order to avoid that car, you have to hit the brakes and swerve. So hit the brakes and swerve at 120 miles an hour does not do well for any car. Uh, especially not this, whatever it was, some kind of Ford something. And we completely lost control, spun around, flipped over a couple times, landed on the roof. But Jesus was the rescuer. He rescued all of us. And I know that there's accidents that happen and not everybody, you know, makes it out. But in this case, Jesus was my rescuer in particular. He gave me that He's The Holy Spirit spoke to me and saved my life literally from this terrible thing. And we all somehow walked away from that. And God is so good, but he is the rescuer. And sometimes I probably was yelling Jesus. Like, I don't remember anything as it was happening. But Jesus was our rescuer in that situation. And he, he said, peace be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so fearful? Again, again, he's addressing their faith. Why are you so fearful? How it is that you have no faith. Right. And they, they feared exceedingly. And they said to one another, who can this be? Even the wind and the sea obey him. Yeah. Jesus is our rescuer. Amen. I believe, I believe with my whole heart that fear is the weapon of choice for the enemy. And in these days, mm. um, and in these days and heading into end times, you know, um, when we begin to talk about um, the end of the age and mm. the return of Jesus, um, fear is going to be the weapon of choice for the enemy. And we have to stand firm against it. And that's fear of government control, fear of, um, you know, one world 
one world religion and one world government and fear of these things has no place. You know, um, fear of coronavirus, fear of, it's just fear. The fight is against fear. The battle is against fear. And we battle fear with faith. Um, but knowing that we have a rescuer, knowing that this is the very nature of who he is, it gives us hope and it strengthens us in our courage. You know, when we keep our eyes on Jesus, I'm not afraid. You know, people are afraid of uh, immunizations. People are afraid of um, not, getting not getting immunizations. Like, you know, what I mean? it's just fear, right. fear, fear, fear. And so I just want to we go. We're going through this. Jesus is. He is the opposite of fear. Love conquers hate. Um, there's so much. There's so much going on in the world today. Um, the young man in Georgia who was just gunned down while jogging. I mean, I just have to take a minute while we're doing church to say, yeah. church, pray, pray, because that's hate. That's what that is. And hate doesn't know anything. It can go from any person to any person. It it multiplies if we don't stop it with love. Not with debate, not with facts and statistics, not with excuses, not with um, anything, just with love. The love of Jesus is our only hope. It's, it's, and, it's, and then it's asking, okay, well, what do we do? What do you want me to do here? We have got to, we have got to grow in love, which means we have to put our eyes on Jesus. Jesus the rescuer, Jesus the restorer, Jesus the savior, Jesus the way, the truth, Jesus love. God is love. And I know, man, I, I don't want it to be like this generic love. It's not generic love. It's God love. God, the, the, you know, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob love. The God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ love. This is what conquers hate. This is what conquers fear. This is what breaks the, the stronghold of fear and hate and prejudice in this country. It's only Jesus. It's only love. But we have to ask him, what should we do? What do we do? How do we raise our voice? How, what, what petition do we sign? What office do we call? Yes, there is doing in it, but the motivation is love. And the fruit of love is peace and joy and breakthrough in the middle of a storm. Doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't mean the storm is going to automatically stop. It just means that in the midst of it, we become light in the midst of it because of love. That's good. Well, guys, as I said earlier, a long time ago, uh, that we're going to do a song at the end here. Uh, it's a special song. It's called Rescuer uh, by Ren Collective, I believe it is. And so we don't know if the audio is going to work for this song or not, but we're going to do it anyway. Yes, we are. And the, the lyrics will be on the screen behind the worship team. And so just sing along with us, even just sing the lyrics on there, because it's all about Jesus being our rescuer. So let's worship him, but now come back and close. Good news for the cow. 
today if you've got a need in your life if you need rescued from something 
If you need healing in your life, if you need to make Jesus your Lord and Savior today, if you have any prayer need, any requests, I just ask that you raise your hand right where you are. Wherever you're at, watching, sitting in your living room or in your bedroom, wherever, just raise your hand. God sees that hand. He's no respecter of time or of distance. He sees your hand. So, Father, we just pray for those who have their hands raised today. Father, we speak healing into their life. Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus, the rescuer, rescuing us from our sin, rescuing us from ourselves, rescuing us from the enemy. Thank you for your son, Jesus, the ultimate rescuer. So, Father, I just speak to every situation, every hand that is raised, that your work, your Holy Spirit begins to work and to move and to make a way where there is no other way. To reveal truth where the truth has been hidden. To bring light where there has been darkness. To bring salvation where there has been denial of Jesus. And so, Father, we ask now, move, move on each person's behalf now in Jesus' name. Where storms need to calm, we tell them to be still in Jesus' name. For those who are drowning, those who have taken their eyes off of you, Lord, we cry out, rescue us, Lord. Rescue us, Lord. And you immediately reach your hand out and grab us. And we thank you for it. We thank you, Father. We worship you. We worship you. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. I have a benediction I want to read just as we close out of Philippians 4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind through Christ Jesus. And then this is my this is what I want us to do this week. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Those things is what we should meditate on. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. So that's our prayer. Amen. We love you guys. And again, we'll have some kind of information out early this week. Or about, you know, maybe by midweek or so about gatherings. So we love you. Can't wait to see Happy you all Mother's soon. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your day. Love you guys.